Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the best healthy lunches for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity podcast. common question we get asked about how to lose weight over 40 is what is the best thing to eat for lunch if you want to lose weight as a woman over 40 um, we've worked with so many women in their 40s and 50s who felt stuck because they didn't know what to eat for lunch to get the scales moving and to see amazing results or even whether they should be having lunch at all or whether they should be sort of having less meals in a day so they'd find that they were eating things that were they thought were healthy so all the normal kind of lunch options like soup salad sandwiches but despite doing this, they step on the scales at the end of the week and see no movement or even be heavier than they were before. And when you're not seeing results, it's really hard to stay motivated. And that's why a lot of women end up giving up, leaving them completely stuck, unable to get their weight under control, choosing clothes to cover problem areas rather than wearing the things they like, hating shopping for clothes because nothing fits quite right anymore, especially in the more sort of trendy shops and staring at a wardrobe full of amazing clothes they can no longer wear worrying that this is just part of the aging process that they'll have to accept and the reason that this happens is simple so women's bodies and hormones start to change as they get older which can make it easier to gain weight especially around the middle and harder to lose it again with the normal methods of eating but when you know what are the best foods to eat for all your meals including for your lunch foods which will definitely work for women over 40 you can quickly and easily get the scales moving and drop two stone in as little as 12 weeks so in today's podcast, we are going to reveal the best lunch options for women over 40 so you can do exactly that. So before we go into the actual choices, what we're going to do is give you lots of different ideas, lots of different things to inspire you, and also go through the things that don't work so well. We First of all, I just want to run you through the kind of basic principles that you need to take into account as a woman over 40, because as Ben said, it is different. Your hormones and bodies work slightly differently. And if you don't get this right, you're not going to see any progress. So the first thing you need to do is avoid certain foods that are kind of what we call hormone disrupting foods. So there's four common foods we call the WADS foods that cause the most problems. They can exacerbate menopause symptoms and they can make it harder to lose weight. So they are wheat, alcohol, dairy and sugar. So that is WADS or WADS. Now, hopefully you're not having too much alcohol in your lunches, especially if you're working. Um, but some of the others can cause issues. And what we do inside our Fit Over 40 program is use a process called the diet makeover to figure out which foods do cause you issues, which ones don't work so well for you, and get kind of eliminate those foods a little short period of time to reset your body, reset your cravings, reset your hormones so that you can see really good results. So they're the first things we need to do is kind of try and avoid having those two regularly. The second thing you need to do is get the right nutrients in the right quantities for you. So what a lot of people focus on, if they do focus on this, is just calories, but it's much more than that. It's not just calories, especially, again, as you get older, you need to be more specific. So it's also protein, it's also fiber. And this, the amounts of these things you require will be specific to you. There's no magic number. It's not like 1,200 calories, not 800 calories. Both of those are very low. It's going to be specific to your body weight, your body type, your height, your age, your hormonal situation. But the benefit of this is understanding how much of these nutrients you need in the right quantities is 
you can be very flexible within that. So you can have a flexible diet. You don't have to eat the same lunch every day. You can get lunch on the go from a service station, from a um, from a Costa, from a prep, from a sandwich, whatever. You can find something that will work for you. And we do this again inside our Fit Over 40 program using something called a bespoke midlife nutrition plan um, where we help every single member figure out what those quantities are that's right for them. And then the last thing we do is... You've got to make it, or the last thing you need to do as a woman over 40 really, is to make it work specifically for you and your hormones as a whole. And we do this called something called holistic fine tuning. And this is things like meal timing. So some people can skip breakfast, some people can't. Um, And it's all about managing your hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin. Uh, Some people can tolerate more caffeine, some people can't. And at certain times of the day, you really want to avoid caffeine or certain times of your life. So for example, during menopause, it's really not helpful. Other people as well, you, you need to really manage those hunger hormones through the afternoon. So what a lot of people will do is like starve themselves, try to eat a really small lunch or no lunch or no breakfast, but then they then get starving hungry and because they've disrupted these hormones, then they will end up snacking and grazing all after, afternoon. And we'll go through why that's a huge issue as well today. So you've got to also optimize it for your hormones. You've got to optimize it ultimately for you at this point in your, time, in your life, for your body, and you've got to make it work. And as I said, we do this using something called holistic fine tuning, which is HRT, as well as a bespoke midlife nutrition plan and the diet makeover inside a program. But what we're going to do today, and we call that overall approach, by the way, hormonally balanced eating. So that's what we help our, our members do. But what we're going to do today is kind of just go straight into lunches specifically and explain why certain lunches don't work so well for people because they kind of don't meet those needs that I just talked about. And then what other lunches are going to be much better for you? So you can take this information, you can go and put it into practice right away and start seeing some results. So Ben, first of all, why don't you kick it off with what things people should really be avoiding? And these are things that people are eating a lot, I think. So the main things to avoid then, so the first one we've got, um, and these are all kind of the reasons you want to avoid them are all sort of largely similar. So I'll go into that in a second. But first category of things to avoid would be sandwiches and crisps. So the main problem you've got with sandwiches and crisps, like the the actual filling of a sandwich, so let's say you buy a sandwich and it was um, uh, a chicken sandwich, for example, it's very unlikely that you've just got, you know, the chicken itself is great, it's a good source of protein, but you're likely to have very thin slice of sort of sandwich chicken, so it's hardly any chicken at all, so it's low in protein, Um, but to make that sort of tasty, if you imagine just eating bread on its own with nothing on it, it's not very nice just to have a piece of like white bread no butter no filling nothing so in order to make bread tasty and delicious you kind of have to cover it in butter so you're adding extra calories with butter then you're having you put your fillings on then you've got to put some like mayo or something just to make it tasty especially in a shop-bought sandwich which then also has like you know they add a lot of flavor into those sandwiches the reason that they are absolutely delicious and they taste much better than most sandwiches i've ever made myself in my life they don't taste anywhere near as good as like you know, one of those sort of chicken, mayo, bacon, salad sandwiches. They're, they're delicious, the ones that you get from the shop. So the problem with these sandwiches generally is just the amount of calories that you have in bread. And these are not sort of long-lasting calories. You eat bread, it's going to fill you up temporarily, but you're going to get very hungry very quickly. It doesn't fill you up for a long period of time. The key things to feeling full for a long period of time and managing those hunger hormones over the day are taking in plenty of protein, taking in plenty of fiber. If you take in plenty of protein, plenty of fiber, that kind of signals to your body that you'll feel that you're full, especially the protein signals to your brain to release um, leptin, which is the, the hormone that triggers you to feel that you're full and triggers you to say like, let's stop eating now. 
So if you're having most of your calories come from sandwiches, all of that bread, calories from the bread, calories from the butter, calories from the mayonnaise, all things which don't contain any protein or fiber, and then you have a packet of crisps on the side, which is just carbs coming from the potato and the crisps, and then fat coming from the oil the crisps have been deep fried in. None of that food in sandwiches and crisps is really going to signal you to be to be full. So although it might fill you up for a short period of time, it's not going to be a real long-lasting quality lunch. The second thing to avoid is, I would say, having a, a shop-bought soup. So if you have just soup on its own, most soups are generally made of like vegetables, which typically is quite good. It kind of depends what soup you choose. So for example, if you were to choose like a cream of mushroom, cream of anything soup, you can pretty much guarantee that there's going to be a load of cream in there to go along with the whatever it is. There's be a little bit of mushrooms, loads of cream, some salt and pepper to make it delicious. Um, so first of all, I'd probably say avoid those sort of cream soups. Then you get other soups. So for example, like a Heinz tomato soup. Again, to make that tasty, they add a lot of sugar to that. They add a lot of salt to that. It doesn't just taste like tomatoes. But all of these soups, regardless of whether they're kind of the slightly less healthy sugary slash cream filled soups, or if you buy like a healthier soup, just kind of a green vegetable soup, which which is good. Um, the benefits of that is you're going to have some fiber in it. You're going to have vitamins and minerals if it's kind of a, a healthier vegetable based soup. The problem with that soup, though, is it's going to be low in calories. It's not going to be super filling for a long period of time. And it's also going to be low in protein. Most soups don't have a huge amount of protein. I know you can buy like, you know, like a Thai green curry chicken soup or something like that, which will have a few like tiny bits of chicken in it. But if you're really trying to see the best possible results, you're going to need to get more protein than you would get in just a shop bought soup on its own. And we'll go into later on what you can do to sort of upgrade that soup or modify that soup or have something with it which can elevate that and make it like a much better lunch option. The third lunch to avoid then is most canteen lunches. So if you think about what work, what most workplaces serve in their canteen, you've got to think what's their priority when they're creating that canteen lunch. It's really to make something easy to make in bulk, cheap to make, and that most people will enjoy eating. That's kind of the their, their criteria. So you end up with things like pasta dishes, you end up with lasagna, you end up with chips. I remember having things like, you know, chicken curry with a rice and naan bread. It's like a very similar menu to maybe what you get in like Weatherspoons, for example. Those sort of basic, simple, easy to make options. Um, the problem with these is a lot of the time they're going to have sort of a lot of hidden calories in. You don't know what they've put into that pasta sauce or that lasagna or um, well, you know what's gone into the chips, but you end up with a lot of deep fried things, probably a lot of things that are laden with loads of hidden calories and hidden oils and things like that. Um, and lots of them are based around wheat based carbs. So, for example, the pasta, the lasagna, maybe you'll get some bread based things as well. But overall, if you're having to get lunch from a canteen and getting that lunch from the canteen every single day, it's probably not going to be the lowest calorie option. It's not that's going to fit into your overall nutrition plan. And it's probably not going to be the healthiest option either. So I th I'd say it's always better to prepare your own food and to bring that food with you because you have much more control about what's actually gone into it. Um, next thing to avoid for lunch then is a sort of snack only option. So again, if you come completely unprepared and you've either got the option of like the canteen lunch or you've just got like snacks only. So maybe it's go to the vending machine at work and get yourself a chocolate bar and a packet of crisps. 
that again, that's not going to be a good, a good way of eating because you're not getting any fiber, not getting any vitamins and minerals, not getting any protein, and it's not going to fill you up for a long period of time. It's also going to be high in calories and it's not going to be particularly good health wise either. Next thing to avoid is there's a few of these that they sort of masquerade as being something healthy, but like the sort of supermarket slash service station salad you can get. So it could be like a pasta salad and you'll look into that pasta salad. It does have, it will have some good points. Maybe there's some lettuce in the bottom of it, a bit of sweet corn, a few bits of grated carrot. You've got a few bits of fruit and veg in there, which is great. But then on top of that fruit and veg, you've got a load of pasta on top of it. And then the pasta is just full of mayo because basically eating cold pasta on its own is not very nice. So to make it tasty again, you've got to cover it in mayo. Um, and again, it's going to have sort of minimal, it's got that bit of veg in, but it's not a huge amount. Then maybe they put a bit of chicken in there. So the chicken in there and the veg in there are good elements, but they're almost kind of spoiled by the fact that you've dumped loads of pasta into it, which is loads of kind of fast digesting sort of carby calories again, which are... They're not going to fill you up. Um, they might impact your hormones, as as you said before, Rob. And the third thing is they're not going to, well, I've said they're not going to fill you up. Not, they're going to impact your hormones. I had another one there. They're not going to fill you up for very long, so you're going to feel hungry later on in the day as well. So supermarket slash service station pasta salads, I would say to avoid. There are some good salads that you can buy from these same places as well. And we'll go through later sort of how to pick the better options. Next lunch to avoid would be any sort of most things you can get from your sort of chain coffee shops. You know, the sort of ones I'm talking about, Starbucks, Cafe Nero, Costa type coffee shops that you get. Usually they'll serve some things that we've already covered before. So like sandwiches, etc. They'll also have things like paninis, any sort of grilled sandwich as well. It just falls into the same category as sandwiches. And then obviously all the pastries, muffins, etc. None of those are going to be ideal. They're just like cakes basically um and then with those people will often have like a latte for example and like a latte on its own is 200 calories so if you have a 200 calorie latte 600 calories in your panini you've easily had 800 calories for lunch which if you've already had breakfast leaves you with barely anything to eat for dinner if you don't want to gain weight so it's easy to fall into this trap and like I think most people could manage to eat a panini and a latte for lunch. They could quite easily fit that in. It's not going to be, a, it's not a ridiculous amount of food, but it's also not going to fill you up and it's not going to keep you, keep you going for a long period of time. So overall then, um, the problem with all of these things we've gone through is that either really high in calories, so all of the sort of snacks, sandwiches, canteen lunches, most of those things are high in calories other than the, um, the soup might be a bit lower in calories. Loads of them, most of them have also got low or no fiber. So even the things that have got, you know, pasta, bread, none of those things really have fiber in. Um, all of those, all those options don't really have a lot of fiber in. They've also got low or no protein. Some of them did have a bit of protein in, but overall it's not going to be enough if you're really like serious about achieving your fitness goals. And again, most of those choices are also not going to be filling. They'll hit the spot initially for a short period of time, but they won't really keep you full for longer. And all of these options are really like, it's like if you're pour petrol on a fire, if you just get petrol in a can, you throw it onto the fire, you get a huge burst of flame, but then it's gone. Like that burst of flame immediately goes. So ideally you want to put something onto the fire that's like a big 
sturdy log onto that fire that's going to just burn and slowly burn and release heat for a few hours. And in, in your body, that's going to be like a lunch you can put into your stomach that's going to give you energy and keep you full throughout the whole rest of the working day. So you can make it all the way to dinner without then giving in and having like a load of afternoon snacks as well. So I'll hand over to you, Rob, to go through what are some of the good options that people can have. So we'll get into those in a sec. The one last analogy I want to give people kind of on that topic, Ben, is most of those things you've described and most of the things people have are these sort of beige carbs. And I think everyone, people often blanket carbs as bad. And this is not the case, especially even if you're already 40 carbs are not bad because there's lots of different types. Like a sweet potato is a carb, a regular potato is a carb. Uh, bread is a carb, you know, fruit is a carb. Not all of these things are bad, but beige carbs, so we're talking like white bread, um, maybe even brown bread, um, pasta, pastries, crisps, all of those sort of beige carbs, like they're exactly the kind of food people fuel up on before running a marathon. I think this is something to remember. It's like, there's a reason people are eating a big bowl of pasta before doing a marathon. But if you're going to sit, because it gives you a lot of energy, right? Like Ben said, it's like throwing petrol on the fire. It's, it's a quick um, digesting form of carbohydrates that you can then use quickly. The problem is most people are eating those things, the sandwich or the, the, the pasta, and then they're sat at their desk all afternoon, not doing any real physical activity. Maybe they do a half an hour workout at some point, but they're not running for four and a half hours, like a marathon or four hours. So really save those beige carbs for when you're doing like really long, difficult exercise sessions. That's about the only time where it really makes sense. For most people we work with, there's actually no point when they're going to do that kind of thing. So they don't really need that kind of food. The body doesn't need it. So it's just going to store all that, those extra calories as fat because you're not then burning it off. You just sat down at your desk all afternoon. So we want to avoid those and think of other ways we can eat then that don't have all of those beige carbs. So the first thing is we're going to go into is like, all these different ideas. The first one we'll talk about is soup. So like Ben said, the problem with soup is often it can be quite low in protein. The other problem is people usually then combine it with some beige carbs. They usually have some bread on the sides. So the first thing is we're gonna to need to ditch the bread, unfortunately, because it's a lot of calories. You're just gonna be sat down all day. You don't really need those. So instead, what you wanna do is really fortify that soup to make it hearty and filling on its own. So you can add, the best way to do this is make it yourself. Um, so if you've got a bit more time, you could prep it at the weekend, make yourself a potato soup or a sweet potato based soup or a squash based soup, because those are slow digesting carbohydrates. Then add some protein into it. So add some ham or some chicken or some lentils, but add more than you get in the shop. So it's not just like Ben said, like a tiny waif of chicken in there somewhere. Add a decent amount of that as much as you kind of think will, you can bear in the soup basically. I know that sounds a bit weird, but like you want it to still taste nice. You don't go, you don't have to go absolutely crazy, but quite a lot more than you'd see in the, in the supermarket one. Lots of vegetables as well. So whether it's broccoli, whether it's spinach, whether it's um, peas, peas are a good vegetarian source of protein. So you can add lots of those in. And then the last thing is it, even then it might not have enough protein. And we help our members to do this on an individual basis. So they'll know if it does or doesn't. You can then add a protein shake on the side as well or protein bar or something like that to kind of boost the protein up further. And then that will keep you full all afternoon rather than like going for one of those soups, like Ben said, like a Heinz tomato or a cup of soup, which yes, has no calories, but it's not gonna fill you up and then you eat. Easily you can eat a thousand calories of snacks up throughout the afternoon from grazing on biscuits. Six biscuits is like 400 calories. So you could eat a few biscuits, um, a pack of crisps, uh, have a couple of lattes, like Ben said, you, you've got a thousand calories then. So your, your low calorie soup has then become a false economy because you've then eaten all this other stuff. If you actually make the soup really filling in the first place, 
it might be 400 calories, but then you don't feel hungry for the rest of the afternoon, or you might be able to just get away with like a piece of fruit. So the first thing is, I'll go through a couple, is that soup. The second thing is to make a homemade salad. So it could be basically with a salad, whenever we're thinking about it, like Ben said before, we want to get protein into that because that's what will digest slowly. It'll keep you full for hours. It will also get you better results. You'll get leaner if you eat more protein as well. So you'll lose more body fat. So start with your protein source, whether that's meat, fish, eggs, or tofu, or maybe a combination of those things. Make sure it has one of those in. If it's just, just leaves and just veg, it's not going to have any protein. It's not going to fill you up for very long. Then add a variety of veg that so could be lettuce or munch too, cucumber, green beans, and then add some sort of healthy dressing. So the, the, the thing that people can really get caught out with is that dressing, whether it's loads of mayo, like Ben said, or um, like a Caesar salad, they can often have 400 calories of dressing because it's, it's made with oil and there's loads of it. Um, so you want to kind of avoid oils really with the dressing if, if you can. So like balsamic vinegar or balsamic glaze is good because it's not oil-based. It's a lot lower, like 10% of the calories. Of, uh, of oil so you can do like a balsamic or balsamic and lemon juice or something like that as a dressing um, and then a great example of a good salad is something like a tuna niswa salad you make just just tin tuna um, some some boiled eggs some beans some some lettuce maybe some olives but try and make it interesting and then um, then you'll be much more likely to want to eat it and then you'll actually enjoy it um, and it should fill you up for a long time if you make your salad like that starting with the protein source first so there's a couple of ideas, Ben, I'll let you go into the next couple of ideas for healthy lunches. Cool. So next one you can go into then would be a healthy omelette or like a frittata type thing. So the type of omelette I'm thinking of is the one where you make like a nice thick omelette that you're having to grill, a good sort of inch thick thing. You can fill it with vegetables. Um, you can even put optional protein in there. You could put ham or chicken in it. You can fill it with things like peppers, onions, spinach. You can also have salad on the side. But this omelette overall, um, the eggs themselves contain a lot of protein. The vegetables you can put in there contain a lot of fiber. So overall, it's going to be a very, very filling lunch that will then take like keep you hungry, keep you feeling satisfied for the entire afternoon. Next thing you can focus on would be you could have a jacket potato. Uh, I remember this is one thing me and Rob used to do when we were at uni. We did this thing called Formula Student where we had to design like a a little racing car to compete against other universities. And a lot of the time we would take jacket potatoes with us and they had this microwave there and we'd spend like 20 minutes microwaving our jacket potatoes to everybody else's annoyance. But a jacket potato is a good lunch. It's something you can, like if you're working from home, it's ideal because you can just, you know, you microwave your, I microwave the potato for a few minutes, chuck it in the oven it's, it's very easy, very, very low effort, and then put a few toppings onto it. But key things with it are to use minimal butter or mayo, so don't go overboard on the butter or mayo. You can go for a nice high-protein filling, so something like tuna or chicken. Uh, you could put chicken sausages. You could do, like, chicken bacon, avocado. You could use lighter mayo as well, so if you still want to have some nice flavor in there, if you do tuna with, like, the super light mayo, that's going to really cut the calories down. So overall, you can get a, a, a lunch which is going to be um, have good carbs in it. So the potato is actually good carbs. No need to run away from the potato. Have a good amount of protein in from the tuna. And then you could have a nice salad on the side, a little side salad, and you've got a nice balanced meal there. A couple more options then. So next one would be healthy ready meals. So some of the healthy ready meals. So for example, Sainsbury's My Goodness, M&S, Count On Us, slash Balance For You range. Waitrose Love Life range, so those sort of higher calorie counted ready meals. Some of them are like 450 calories, which is for lunch is probably a, you know the perfect amount. 
and they can also have 20 grams of protein in. So if you really don't have time and you just need something you can whack in the microwave and just have and just have it and just not have to worry about it. Um, those are a really good option, those healthy ready meals. And then the final one, which is probably my go-to most days, is to have last night's dinner leftovers. So if you're, most people on our program, they are cooking healthy meals most days. So the key with that really is to just cook an extra two portions. So if you're cooking for the family, it's four people you're cooking for, just when you buy the ingredients in the supermarket, buy enough that you can make six. So if you need to cook like four chicken breasts, for example, to feed your family, then cook six chicken breasts, buy the bigger packet of meat, and then whatever it is you've made, have a little, you just put those little leftovers in the Tupperware and you've just got something that you can reheat and that could be, you know, it could be chicken curry, it could be just like a nice grilled piece of chicken with some broccoli and some rice, it could be anything. Um, but having that like really quick meal that you can reheat is really, really, really convenient. And the thing is like lunch food doesn't really have to be different to any other meal. Just like breakfast food doesn't have to be really different to any other meal. It's just kind of a marketing ploy to sell more stuff. So for example, for example, um, you know, if you've got, if you go out and they have like, here's the lunch food you need to have, here's the breakfast food you need to have, here's the dinner food you need to have, so that when you go to the supermarket, you'll buy like a more bigger variety of stuff in and probably end up spending more money. So they'll, you know, a lot of marketing will tell you that lunch should be like a working lunch is a sandwich and crisps and whatever, like these three items. And you specifically think, oh, I must buy these three items. But things to consider is, you could just have, if you had healthy food for dinner, you can just have a smaller portion of that healthy food again for your lunch. And the beauty of that is like, if you know sort of how many calories were in that dinner, then it's very, very easy to figure out how many calories you had for lunch. If you have the same portion or half a portion of what you had for dinner. And those are, yeah, those are really good option. If you, if you have the ability to reheat food at work or you're working from home and you know, you can just go and chuck something in the microwave really quickly. So hopefully that's given you lots of really, you know, diverse ideas for your for your lunch that you can try out. So one of those things has to work for you. You don't need to do all of them. What we usually say to our members is pick one or two and just have them regularly. You don't need to have a different lunch every single day. Actually, that's going to make it really difficult. And most of the people we work with have really busy, stressful jobs. You know, they're in meetings back to back. Um, most days they don't have time to be like going and rustling up a really fancy lunch every day so that's the point those are simple quick and easy recipes you can use and if you combine that with the overall strategy we talked about at the beginning so our hormonally balanced eating approach you know it doesn't have to be complicated you can lose one to two stone in 12 weeks and we've got an example here from emma so emma is one of the members of our fit over 40 program um who radically changed her breakfast and lunch and um, has seen incredible results doing it but she's still eating stuff she likes so Here's what she said. She said, before starting Trinity, my clothes were getting tighter and tighter and I felt self-conscious a lot of the time. I could feel myself getting bigger during lockdown one. I ended up about a stone too heavy, squeezing into my clothes and I couldn't work out how to fix it as my weight kept creeping up no matter what I tried. I was trying by myself to eat better, but I didn't really know what to change. I was doing hit two hit workouts a week during lockdown and daily walks, but not tracking my steps. And it took me a year to join from my first chat with Ben because I was worried I would fail. Now it's my best friend's 12 year wedding anniversary today and I'm over a stone lighter. I've lost 10 kilos, so one and a half stone. And this is the lowest weight I've been not only since joining Trinity, but since I was a bridesmaid 12 years ago. My lunch and breakfast has changed forever. No more granola for breakfast, no more cheese sandwiches and bags and crisps for lunch. They've changed immeasurably and now I don't even really have to think about it. 
Being accountable to Rob every week has been absolutely instrumental and he always knows what to say if I'm having a bad week. There we go. That sounds that sounds good <laughs> for me. Emma bigging me up there. But look, as you can hear, she said, my lunch and breakfast has changed forever. Like she's made those changes. She's not having that beige sandwich anymore and the, the beige crisp and the beige granola, all that stuff we talked about today. And she's been able to lose one and a half stone um, and she's been the lightest weight she's been um, since being a bridesmaid 12 years ago. So if you'd like results like Emma, Ben, where can, where can people go who are listening? So if you want to see results like Emma, you want to find out the exact program that she followed and get all the details of that, just head over to www.fit40info.com and you can grab all of the details on that page. So that just about wraps up for today's episode of the Trinity Fit and 40 podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week for another episode. We'll see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.